Hey guys, good evening. Hope that you are still having a good holiday, Christmas, soon to be New Year. Can you imagine we're going into a new year? Crazy, what a crazy 2020. Oh my goodness. I bet a lot of people are like, well, hopefully next year is gonna be better. Well, it looks like we're off to an interesting start in 2021, but I'm gonna still land on the side of hopeful because we're praying, we're fasting, and we believe that God responds to the prayers of the righteous, right? So thank you for tuning in to this broadcast. I'm going to ask, um, answer some questions that people have been asking me throughout the day. Uh, I try to get to as many questions as I can. I know there's, it's very complicated. And also in doing that, um, feel free to share the video. But uh, in doing that, I have to take into account that people take clips uh, of these videos and they distort them and they try to smear me online. So I have to be wise in how much I can say. I wish I could just say everything and you know break it all down, but uh, because of the world that we're in today, uh, doing something like that, uh, there's, there's ramifications. So I try to give as much information as I can. I can give a little bit more on my podcast, uh, but sometimes I, you know, it's the same information that you see on these broadcasts. So anyway, let me ask, answer some of these questions. So a lot of people are wondering about what happened in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, if you're watching my uh, video earlier, I actually walked uh, the Nashville downtown area, looked at the uh, area as close as I could get. Um, I had uh, a freelance photographer that had been there since day one that was with me. And he actually got some amazing pictures. And so I posted both my pictures and his pictures on social media. And um, so you can see some of the damage. Now, I do have a lot of military people. And by the way, thank you for your service. Thank you, law enforcement, for your service. Those that reach out to me and write me. And I just want to say thank you and I appreciate you. I pre We actually just posted on rmntnews.com. Um, a, some body cam footage of some officers that were walking the beat in downtown Nashville that evening. And uh, it's kind of interesting. It doesn't show the actual blast, but it's, it's good footage. So you can go check it out on rmntnews.com. I also just put it on Facebook as well. But um, I know there's been a lot of talk out there of different things. Um, some people are saying, you know, are the, were the Dominion servers really being analyzed there? Um, you know, of course, I don't have all the information, uh, but what I would probably say to that story is I don't think that's entirely true. Uh, I don't believe that the Dominion servers were in that building. That's an AT&T building that does have a lot of hardwiring for the Southeast. And um, But what's very interesting about that, and I'll get back to the Dominion servers in a moment. What's interesting about that building is it is core infrastructure. So if you think about, uh, you know, an asymmetrical warfare, or if you've been in the military before, and you think about how to take down the enemy, um, you know, one of the main things, and I talk about this often, is the communication lines. So if somebody were to be trying to do some type of test to see how vulnerable our infrastructure is here in the United States and how much damage they can do with one attack, it would make sense that they could do a test and bomb a building uh, that does have critical communications infrastructure. That would be a military operation type of thing. And that's why... Um, I know people say, well, sometimes it's just, it really is the mainstream story. Sometimes it really is just a lone wolf. Well, if you saw my social media posts, I said beforehand that uh, how much you want to bet, I'm not a betting man, but if I were a betting man, that the guy is going to be some type of deranged older white man and he's going to be a lone wolf <laughs> because that's what it always seems to be, right? 
And of course, the left will use that and say, because it is, it is the, the most dangerous people out there are the crazy old white men. Well, it goes along with their narrative, doesn't it? I mean, it really does. So you got to think about this here. First of all, let's just think about this logically, okay? This man could be some type of weapons expert, possibly. Um, I know the neighbor and there was a Fox News story, but I'm not really reading Fox News much these days because we know that they are compromised and they're really just um, controlled opposition of the same coin, you know, two sides of the same coin. So I don't really, you know, put too much weight in Fox News reporting, especially these days. But I know there was a story out there that said he talked to his neighbor and, you know, they're kind of building the case that it was this guy. And maybe the guy has something to do with it. But I want to explain um, a theory. Um, first of all, back to the critical infrastructure. I don't want to get ahead of myself. So it would make sense that this building would be targeted because that's one of the main things that you do when you're trying to take down the enemy is cut their communication. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but it did severely disrupt the 911 services in the Nashville area, the greater Nashville area, and in other cities outside of Nashville. Um, you can look at those cities. I, I am not going to be able to name them off the top of my head, but there was several large cities in the southeastern United States that were affected from this central hub of communications. And so it was a big hit. And uh, of course, they're doing everything they can to work around the clock and to get temporary you know, Wi-Fi brought back up and the 911 system back up. But there is something that I found that I do think is legitimate, and it's about the Patriot Act. So the Patriot Act um, was passed, remember, after 9-11, and uh, there was a, a, a big investment in the NSA. And I'm actually a fan of the NSA. I'm not a fan of surveillance. I'm not a fan of mass surveillance. And whenever they name these things like Patriot Act, or you know, it's usually the opposite of what the actual act is. It's taking away freedom, freedoms. It's spying on you. They always give it a great name, but it's usually opposite of what it's actually doing. So yes, there was a mass surveillance program that took place on the American people. We remember Snowden, who again, I'm not a big fan of Snowden. I do like Julian Assange. I think he's a patriot. Snowden, uh, he tends to have some ties uh, with some deep state people. So to me, it's a little fishy about Snowden. I'm not as big of a fan as Snowden, but he did reveal that there was mass surveillance, if you recall. And, you know, that was true. I mean, America was spying. Uh, I think he did more damage than good. I think Julian Assange is more of a patriot where he was just trying to bring out corruption and, you know, deep state stuff. So I feel like the two of them, you can't put them in the same category. Uh, I would love to see Julian Assange. I think he was a reporter. I think he was an investigative journalist that found bombshell information and uh, instead they targeted him. So that's another reason why you have to be careful when you're a reporter, especially a citizen journalist, because, you know, look at Julian Assange for an example. This guy's been in exile and a uh, very sad situation. So, you know, sometimes you'll get information where you can't even report it because it could be sensitive or classified and you have to be careful because you don't want to put yourself in that type of position um, you know, we don't have the type of resources to, to get involved in that type of thing. You know, that's it. look at General Flynn, a three-star general of the United States military patriot that had to like put his house up and, you know, spend astronomical amounts of money just to keep himself free as a target of the deep state. So, you know, I know everybody wants all the information, but you got to do your own research. You got to just go down that rabbit hole. And um, I know that it's easy to just believe the mainstream story. It they always find an easy story because this is a psychological warfare operation. So they find an easy story 
Like, yeah, there's one crazy lone wolf and he happened to be a bomb expert. And by the way, he hated 5G. So it all makes sense. That's why he did it, right? And then people say, well, that, that's a plausible story. That could be the case, I guess. And then they just go with that because it's enough to make you think, it's just like when you're in a court, it's like, you know, reasonable doubt. That's all they need to do is just bring reasonable doubt. Enough of a case to say, yeah, I guess that could be plausible. I guess he could just be a crazy lone wolf. You know, I guess he could be a bomb expert. I guess he just could be a quiet guy that just wanted to bomb out the AT&T building. You know, and then most people who aren't critical thinkers or researchers will just kind of go with that. But for those of us that are more awake, we're thinking about it and we're saying, wait, again, with this same kind of story, like when I was on the ground in Vegas, like when I was on the ground in Texas, like when I was on the ground in all these different places, there's always this mainstream narrative and it's always kind of like a reasonable doubt thing where it's just really matter of fact, this is the answer, this is what you gotta believe and anybody else that's doing any type of critical thinking, you're the conspiracy theorist, you're the crazy one. We need to ban you, we need to silence you. In fact, you're even quote unquote dangerous because you're questioning the ministry of truth. And I think that's dangerous because we need to be free thinkers and we need to question the narrative. We need to question and say, you know, a couple things don't make sense here. Like why was the airspace over Nashville, you know, deemed closed for any aircraft? And they put a pretty, pretty crazy uh, warning out there, like to the point where somebody would be shot down basically if they entered into this restricted airspace during that period of time. Why would they close down the airstrip? I mean, it could just be precautionary. But there are some people that reported seeing a streak in the air. And as a honorable journalist and pastor and Christian, I have to at least say that some people have said, yes, they did see a streak because there are people that say that. Now, am I saying that's the case? Am I saying it's a missile? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's a, we have to look at different sides. We can't just always just take the mainstream narrative and then just take that to the bank and say, that's it. And that's what happened. We have to become critical thinkers because there's some things that don't make sense. For instance, the timing. The timing is odd. Why is it happening in this very critical time as we're, as we're having these you know, runoff elections in Georgia? Now, okay, so let's go back to Dominion now. Did they have Dominion machines in this building? From what I'm hearing, I don't think that's the case because I haven't heard of an audit that was taking place in this side of the country. I happen to be on this side of the country right now, but I haven't heard um, that type of situation that was happening. If that was happening, it's above my pay grade. So I know that information is out there where people are saying, yes, there were Dominion servers that were being analyzed in that building. And I've heard that one. I've heard the uh, people saying it's a possible missile strike, which it could be. And I'll get into that in a minute. Some people are saying it's a direct energy weapon. Yes, there are really direct energy weapons. In fact, President Trump even started the Space Force. Uh, direct energy weapons are a technology that's been around for a little while, but it's becoming more and more advanced. And so, yes, there are direct energy weapons. So another possibility, right? So we have to look at all these different things and pray and ask the Lord and seek. I mean, it, it, you know, regardless, something nefarious is happening. And regardless, it doesn't sit well in my spirit, if I'm just going to be completely honest with you, that it was just a lone wolf and then he had nothing to do with anything else that's going on. And this is a random event for some guy about 5G. Just to me, that sounds more like a deep state made up story. Just to me. And that's my opinion. Um, because I've been following this stuff for so many years, that's just what I feel about that. Now, you may disagree with me and you have every right to disagree with me, but for me, I'm a little more analytical sometimes and I'm looking at all the different things and I'm just saying, eh, something doesn't really make sense here. Something doesn't really make sense because it, to me, it sounds more like somebody at least, at the very least, 
was trying to take down critical infrastructure and communications. It sounds more like a much more sophisticated attack. Now, I did mention in my video on the first day that it could also have been a warning to Marsha Blackburn. I still think that that could be a possibility because it happened in Tennessee and we don't know all the different layers. But as I've looked at this further, to me, it seems more that it was something about the critical infrastructure of the NSA that utilized that Southeast hub of communication for the Patriot Act. And I did mention that I'm not um, against the NSA and I'll tell you why. The NSA was kind of developed in order to counter the CIA because the CIA in many ways has gone a little bit rogue and I can't get into it in detail. I wish I could just break down the whole thing. I'm sure there's some great CIA agents, just like there's some great FBI agents out there, just like there's some great, you know, every letter agency has true patriots. But unfortunately during the Obama era and maybe even before, uh, people were put in the higher levels of these agencies that did have, uh, you know, they were, they were compromised in many ways and they don't have the best interests of the American people. And so that's why I would say it's good. The NSA is more of the military side of uh, surveillance and they're doing it more so. And I'm not saying that they should be looking into all of our information. I'm not saying they should be tracking us. I don't agree with any of that. To me, that's like George Orwell, but we all know that's happening, right? I mean, obviously we all know it's happening. So I'd rather have patriots doing that, at least people that are military personnel that love our country and are trying to defend our country versus people that are trying to do all this other nefarious stuff around the world, like the globalist agenda and pushing us into the Great Reset and, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, it just depends on who has the, the power, you know, and who's, who's pulling the strings. And so there is an internal war, as far as I know, from people that have communicated this to me that would be in the know in this, is, is that there seems to be an internal war with some of our own intelligence agencies. And that is probably one of the reasons why they're slow walking this uh, report that was uh, due to the ODNI. So, you know, it could be maybe part of the plan of the Trump administration to slow walk this, but, you know, in, in his executive order in 2018, it was supposed to be delivered on a certain date. That date has now come and gone, and it seems like they're slow walking the intelligence, trying to, to in my opinion, you know, uh, just let the clock run out like a, like a football game. You know, they're just trying to let the clock run out. So I think there's a lot of weird things. So let me look back at the questions here. I'll make sure I'm answering them all. Um, so let me, let me just give you a, a, a term. There's a term called a patsy. And in history, there have been patsies. And what a patsy is, is it somebody that, I'll give you an example. And I'm not saying this is the case, but it very well could be. In the JFK murder, some people say Lee Harvey Oswald was a patsy. In other words, somebody that they stuck the whole thing on and said it was this guy, Lone Wolf, it was him, he killed JFK, he was the one that planned. When as documents have become declassified many years later, and usually that's what they'll do is they'll declassify a whole generation later to the point where no one will even care anymore or don't even remember it, not the people that actually lived through it. So they'll wait till like 20 or 30 years and then they'll declassify and you'll find out there's more information. You know, and I wish I could just break down the whole thing about JFK and how that leads to today, but I can't do that because that's where it does get into information that unfortunately I'm not privy to give to you. And I can't say that type of thing because I think it would be uh, information that I probably should not be repeating, even if I don't even know if it's true, but what I've heard from other individuals. So you just have to do your own research, but that would be considered a patsy if that was true. And so what they'll often do is they'll find somebody to say, you know, this is the guy and then that way it, it fits their narrative. It was just one crazy person. Oh, and by the way, he happens to be a white man 
fits the narrative person perfectly. Oh, and he's a bomb expert. Oh, and he hated 5G. Done. No more problems. We, you know, the guy died in the blast. That's it. And then people move on with life. And then they, you know, most average people are not going to really do much investigating on it because they're just going to read the news and probably say, okay, that's what happened. You know, so it's different for people that are like investigative journalists that are out there and they've been following these things for years and years. And, you know, just picture like somebody following this for like 20 plus years and they've seen these events over and over again. They start noticing patterns. And I think that's where certain people are waking up is because they have been researching for a while and they're starting to see patterns. And I think more and more people are waking up all the time and we're in this very critical period. So what I feel like is happening, and again, this could be my opinion, but it seems according to what I'm seeing out there is there's internal fighting between our own intelligence agencies. One of them has probably gone rogue. The other one is fighting for our Republic. And we don't know how it's all going to turn out. Now, it seems like more and more information is coming out all the time. And I told you guys, there's people on the Republican Party that have pretty much abandoned ship. And I'm starting to think these guys are just as bad as some of the players on the left. It's very sad. But I think what this has done, especially in this period, has really exposed who those people were. We would call them rhinos, Republican and name only people. So those people tend, they're, they're seemingly more and more becoming exposed and maybe that's part of the plan. Now people say, well, do you know about Q and do you know about this? I know about all that stuff, guys, okay? But I try to report on, a, on because I have a, a big heavy weight and burden and that's to make sure that I only report on what I know to be true because I don't want to, number one, lie to you. I have no reason to do that. Number two, I don't want you to be misinformed. And number three, you know, I just, it's integrity. Integrity is a very important thing. You know, and if people can't trust pastors and can't plus trust the church, the remnant church, then we're in trouble. So I think the remnant needs to be having these types of conversations. You know, we need to be inquiring. Of, give us more understanding. Let us know, Lord, what's going on and how can we be the most effective? And that is important because, you know, we need to be effective right now. That's one of the biggest questions I'm getting asked by people is what more can I do? You know, I'm praying, I'm fasting. What can I do, Pastor Todd? I'm, I'm angry. I'm upset. I can't believe what's happened to our country. And, I, you know, the biggest thing is, is that, first of all, that we need to know that we're not alone. We're a massive group of people, massive in the tunes of millions and millions of people that feel the way that you and I do. And we may not have all the answers, but we're, we're kind of, you know, there's people that are writing me and they're telling me they're concerned because they're seeing the clock is running out and they're really concerned. Like, is Biden going to get in there? Is he going to win? And I know there's been a lot of stories and a lot of different people with bombshell stuff. And we put some pretty good stuff up on our NT News that's bombshell, that's legit, that's real. And you think that some of this is going to have an effect. And then, you know, we get a little bit of our hopes down because it seems like nothing ever comes out of it. So it's going to be one of two things. I mean, it's either going to all come to a head and we're going to see this miraculous move of God that's going to give us more time in our nation because we're praying and we're fasting. Or we're going to see us move into this dark period where, you know, somebody like Joe Biden or Kamala Harris becomes the president of the country. And uh, it's going to be pretty telling uh, where we are on the timeline. But either way, as I say every day, we're still the church, we're still empowered, and we're still going to continue to move ahead in victory. So, you know, at this point, Pastor Todd, where are you? Do you think we have a chance? Yes, I still think we have a chance. I just saw a text message from somebody very important this morning that says these uh, next two days, three days are very critical. Um, there's still the contested election possibility. I know some of Trump's lawyers are out there fighting 24-7. 
You know, um, I know the president is doing certain things that we don't know. That's not public and um, fighting on different battlefronts where it could be completely out of nowhere because maybe he's not showing all of his cards. So there's many different things that could happen. But here's the biggest thing is, is that there's prayer. I rewatched the return. I was down in the return. Some of you guys remember that in D.C. Uh, when everybody got together down there, hundreds of thousands of Christians, and we all prayed and fasted. And, you know, I don't know if you remember that, but I was down there. And I rewatched it, and I rewatched Jonathan Kahn, his message. It was a very powerful message that he gave. Very, very iconic, powerful message, I have to say. And it really is telling of where we are as a nation because we're doing everything that we know to do. The, the question is, is it too late? And, and that is the question. Have we already gone into a period of judgment, or is God going to give us more time and allow us to continue to have a reprieve? I think if he does give us more time, which I believe he, he may in his grace and mercy, because he's a merciful God. If he does do that, which again, I feel there's a good chance of that, um, then we really have to get our act together as a church. We can't be, uh, you know, it's never gonna be the same ever, ever, ever again, like it was. We can't, if we go back to business as usual, we're done. Like we need to be totally, totally different in line with the Holy Spirit and really be the true church, really be the true ecclesia, really be the head, not the tail. And repentant and moving forward in, holiness and righteousness and preaching the full gospel, standing up, having a backbone. And, and it's interesting because, you know, I got to, some of you know, recently I spent some time with, with some people in our government and uh, I noticed something in the Republican Party, which is interesting. And I want to share it with you. Uh, what I noticed in the Republican Party is it's, the, it's very similar to the church, is, is that you have people that are in a completely fraudulent part of the party that are basically rhinos. They're just frauds and they're in it for their own, you know, own reasons, money, power, whatever it is. They don't stand with the president. They don't really care about the freedom. They're bought and paid for. A lot of them are, are compromised. So there's that element. Then you have the people that are, yeah, they like the president, but they lack faith. They, you know, they don't, they don't have the backbone to stand with them and fight. They're just willing to capitulate and give in, hopefully in 2022 or 2024, something will happen. There's that group. And then here's the thing. Then there's this remnant group. I put Kaylee in that group, you know, some like her that are really believers and that really love the Lord and are really believing that the president can win and will win. And they're the remnant. So it's interesting because this is in politics. Now I'm going to shift this to the church because it's the same thing in the church. There's the fraudulent church the ones that are willing to stand for killing babies and don't even have a problem with it, the ones that have no, like totally lack discernment and really are just out there and you're like, how does this person even say they're a Christian? What they're saying and standing for is completely against what the Bible says. Then you have the group that are probably saved and Christian. Again, that's not my decision, but you know them by their fruit, right? So, but you know, probably saved, but lack the faith to stand. And we're seeing those people being pruned off and falling off and pulling that zip cord and jumping out the plane super early. So there's that group. Reminds me of the Republican Party. Here's the third group. And you're probably in this group. We're tired, but we're not weary. We're running. We're going to continue to fight. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe God is on the throne right now. And he hears the prayers of the righteous. 
And when we're standing and believing and praying and fasting and repenting and doing everything that the Word of God says to do, we believe that at least there's a good chance. Maybe it's just the faith of a mustard seed, but at least there's a chance that God is going to respond to our prayers because that's what he does. So there's these three different groups in the Republican Party and there's three different groups in the church. And maybe, maybe, just maybe there's a connection here. Maybe, just maybe, because I think this is where we are as a country and as a nation right now. Is, is we have to understand the church is never going to go back to business as usual. But we have to understand our, our authority, who we are, and the ability to pray and fast and change the situation. Because otherwise we're powerless. And other, we might as well just give up if, if we don't believe this. If we believe that our God can't heal, if we believe that our God, if we, if we lay hands on the sick but nothing's going to happen, if we believe that we pray and nothing's going to happen, then we're powerless. But the whole thing is that's not what the Bible says. It says opposite of that. It's it's opposite of that. So either we believe or we don't. Now, that, that doesn't hinge on the fact of if Trump or Biden wins. Either way, I'm going to be a believer and a pastor and a Christian and, you know, moving forward in my faith. <laughs> and I've said that a million times. But I do believe with faith that God can do something here. And that's what I want to encourage you. So we can look at all the natural news every single day, all the stuff that's going on. We can follow it like a roller coaster every single day. This happened, that happened, bombshell, this. And I report it and I get it out there. And, you know, we look at these, you know, these crazy situations like what happened in Nashville. I mean, could just be completely unrelated. Maybe. But is that likely or is it more likely that there's probably something going on behind the scenes that is in a greater battle that's being played out right now covertly? Would that make more sense, especially in the world that we're in right now? So I just want you to be a critical thinker. I don't want you to be a conspiracy theorist, but I want to tell you something about that term, conspiracy theorist. That term was actually developed during the time of JFK in order to shame people. Because when they call you a conspiracy theorist, it shuts you up. You don't want to be called that. You don't want to have your work people think that of you. You don't want to have your church people think that of you. Unfortunately, it's even plagued the Christian community. So, you know, because we care as humans what people think about us, I know we're not supposed to, and I probably don't really that much, to be honest with you, but a lot of, you know, most of us do, at least to some extent, right? And so you don't want to be labeled that because you're afraid of your job. You're afraid of what your kids are going to think. You're afraid of what your parents are going to think. You're afraid of what your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, everybody. So they made this weaponized term to shut you up. And so then they come up with this mainstream narrative. And if you question it in any way, they, they hit you with the conspiracy theorists. Oh, you must be, a, that sounds conspiracy. No, that's called critical thinking. That's called being a free thinker. And, and, and if we lose our ability to be a free thinker, then we're losing a major, major gift that God's given us, a brain. Because there's going, to, there's going to be a greater need as the hour gets later to have discernment and critical thinking skills. And we can't just believe everything these people tell us. So I urge you as a brother in Christ to you to be a critical thinker. So don't just accept what they tell you. It doesn't mean that they're always wrong. Sometimes they might be telling you the truth, but pray about it. Ask for discernment. Do some research. I, I use the um, DuckDuckGo now because Google is such a sham and they've made the, you know, the search engine, it's a total sham now with their algorithms. They find, they make it impossible to find anything. But on DuckDuckGo, you can find a little bit more things. But, you know, 
Rumble is out there now in, in place of YouTube. People are putting stuff up on Rumble. If you search enough, you're going to be able to find different things. Be a critical thinker. Be a researcher. You know, ask the Holy Spirit. And people say, why do I need to know this? Because then you can be informed and, and you, don't, you don't do something that would be foolish. You don't, you don't follow the crowd, the mob think, because that's how they pressure us in today's age. They want you to go with the group think and the mob think and, and they keep pushing the needle more and more away from biblical values and Christianity. And they, you know, pretty soon Christianity is gonna be labeled hate. You know that. They're gonna start labeling it hate, especially if Biden does get in. And what are we gonna do? We're just gonna capitulate and say, yeah, now it's hate or we're just gonna stop preaching that part of the Bible? No, we can't do that. Because the Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. We can't do that. So they're gonna to try to pressure you. They're gonna to try to call you a conspiracy theorist. They're gonna to try to call you a hater just for being a Christian. And so we gotta think about these things. We gotta have these type of remnant conversations because these are important conversations to have. So look, with the Nashville thing, do I have all the answers? No, I don't have all the answers. It could be a lone wolf, but I'll tell you over 20 years of researching this type of thing, to me, it sounds fishy. And I'm just gonna leave it at that. And somebody did ask me today, they said, well, how does the CIA have uh, you know, weapons and stuff like that? And look, I can get into all that, but that's where it starts getting into like the, the hairy stuff. I can't, I can't start talking about that stuff because that's where it gets, you know, you get yourself in trouble. So do research, find out, you know, black projects. Um, what that means is black budgets in the tune of trillions of dollars, where'd that money go? You know, every year when they do the, the fiscal budget, there's, there's a, a part of the budget that's allocated and we don't know where that money goes. It's, it's not, it's not um, there's no one really like researching where that money, it just goes into like a black hole. Where does that money go? And it, it happens every year. All you gotta do is look into the annual budget of the United States. There's large portions in the tune of billions of dollars that go to places we have no idea. So there's, there's, there's no shortage of ways that they could get funding. I mean, look in Afghanistan and the opioid fields there. You know, where's that money go? Um, you know, look into the cartels and, and, and the, you know, think about, you know, critical think. Why, why during the Obama administration were they arming the cartels in Fast and Furious? Why would they be doing that? And why did the mainstream media cover for them on that? Why would they do, what was Fast and Furious about? Ask yourself, what was Benghazi about? Who were they arming through Benghazi? You know, what happened to ISIS after President Trump came in? Why did it dissipate so quickly? You have to be a critical thinker and, and you're gonna have to understand that as time gets later and it goes on more and more, that the mainstream media is gonna lie more and more to put out these mainstream narrative stories and you're gonna be called the conspiracy theorist and they're gonna to try to shut you up, shut you down, censor you. We don't know how much longer we'll be able to talk like this. That's why we're building you know, what, what in military terms would be critical infrastructure. We're building that in the Christian world where you can still find this type of communication for the future, but that takes resources. And unfortunately, it's very hard for us. You know, this is a, I'm just gonna share a personal burden of mine. I don't like asking for money. And so it makes me uncomfortable. My wife is the same way. We just are not those kind of people. And, you know, we think about it and we say, you know, I wish that people could understand the work that we're trying to do because of course, you know, I never would want to tell you not to give to your local church or whatever, but you got to ask yourself, like, are, is the local church that I'm funding, are they, are they really fighting the fight of faith or is it, you know, I mean, you just got to start thinking about these things because we're in a battle, we're in a war and they're trying to silence people. 
that are telling the truth. Why do they want to silence us? If we were just out here lying, why would they care about it? Why would they care about it? If we, if I was just some nut crazy, you know, tinfoil hat conspiracy guy, why would they be targeting me? Why would they be trying to shut me down? Why would they, why, why would they smear me? Why would they do all those things? It makes no sense. They would just say, oh, he's just like some guy in a basement that's doing some recordings. Who cares what he says? No one cares. No one listens. The reason why they try to stop is because they know that there's a lot of people that listen and we're waking people up and they know that more and more people are becoming critical thinkers and they know that more and more people are waking up every single day. That's what they're worried about. That's why they're afraid. And, and so my, my, my challenge to you is, I'm not saying like to turn on your church or, you know, trust me, I would never say that. I respect pastors so much and have hundreds and hundreds of pastor friends. But what I'm saying is if you're part of an organization and you're funding it and they're not doing anything to prepare the body of Christ for what's about to happen, because regardless if it's Trump or Biden, I was just talking to my friend who would know persecution is at our doorstep and we need to be, we are not prepared as the American church. We are not prepared for what's coming. And so we need to be, you know, investing with each other in, in this critical infrastructure that the remnant church is going to have for, for these next couple of years as things get later and, and the hour gets later and they try to silence us more so that we can have communication methods and then we can get the real information out there and have these type of communications, these type of conversations, because this comes at a very high cost, very high cost. And I can't emphasize that enough. So... Anyways, I talked about a lot tonight. Um, you know, all I can say is we're, we're, we're in this fight. We're praying for the president of the United States every single day. It's not the end all be all. Be all. We're not done. We, we're, we don't die. I mean, you know, the church is still going to be here regardless of who becomes president. But we're going to fight this to the very end because we do believe that, first of all, I don't think the American church is ready for the type of persecution. We need to prepare the body, but also because we believe God wants to give us more time as we, as we repent, as we turn from our wicked ways, as we pray and seek his face, we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. We pray, we fast, and we're asking him for extended mercy and grace so that we can get more people saved, set free, healed, and delivered. And then America continue to have freedom, uh, at least for a season, before we go into uh, what Revelation talks about. So we're hoping that that's not right now. We're hoping that we have more time and we're asking, we're petitioning of the Lord as a remnant, as his church here in America. Lord, please have grace. Please have mercy. We don't know how exactly you're going to do it, but we're asking you for more time. And we're asking for an extension of this reprieve so that we can get this right as the church in America. And I have to say, I've seen unprecedented praying like I've never seen before in the ministry for many, many years. I've never seen this type of praying, fasting. There are some real warriors. You may be some of those people, some real warriors out there. And we're going to stand until the very end. We're going to stand for life. We're going to stand for religious liberty and freedom. We're going to stand for our, our constitution. We're going to stand for all these different things that this nation was built on that made it the greatest nation in the world. And we want to return back to uh, biblical morality and, and move away from the evil that we've allowed to infiltrate not only the land, but the church as well. So anyways, thank you guys for tuning in to this broadcast. And I appreciate you. Um, really, really appreciate you. Um, you can find more information, toddcoconado.com. My name, just like on the Facebook page, .com. Uh, if you feel led to give, toddcoconado.com slash give, or you can just go on the website and follow the little menu. It'll tell you. 
Thank you for helping us in this fight. Um, I'm going to be going a couple places in the next week that are critical and important um, to some of the things that are happening in our news cycle. So um, you'll you'll see me there and I'll tell you about that as that develops. I'm going to try to get some rest. Bless you guys. Hope you're enjoying your family. Praying for you. Please be praying for us as well. God bless you.